Hello everyone, my name is Mabel Briggs. As always, um, um, this is going to be the first podcast in a series that um, you know I've been meaning to do. As a matter of fact, you know, the Holy Spirit had actually impressed in my heart to do this series a long time ago. I was at a worship meeting of a friend and was there, got the instruction to write my testimonies and supernatural experiences with God as a book. I actually did start, um, so I, I have... I have it written as a book, but I know initially when I got the leading to write it, I wasn't sure of what form it was supposed to take. Um, but I had an um, an opportunity to be a contributing writer in one of the, one of my friend's book um, that she published, and then it later started taking. You know, I started having an understanding on how the Holy Spirit wanted me to, you know, write the book. So I started writing it and eventually would publish it um i just don't feel in my heart that it's time because i felt that there were still some experiences that i needed to put down in the book and of course i know that as time goes on i'll have revised editions of the book but um this is one of the miracles that god did for me at a very early stage of my walk with god um it was one of the very very first impressionable miracle i know that waking up every day is a miracle um being able to be in good health is a miracle but why i said this was a very first impressionable miracle you know you would know at the end of you know the this um of this podcast so this is the very first podcast in this series and of course i'll be coming in most of the time to um add to this podcast so if you're listening to this know that there's so many that will be under this particular series now i'm not sure if i want to like the last one i did the scriptures and promises um and the stories behind them i started every other episode i was lumping it up but i don't think i want to do that for this i'm just going to tag it as um testimony one testimony two or experience one experience two you know so that it will be a different it will be on it will be standing on its own it won't be lumped up so that if you decide you don't want to listen to everything i just want to listen to a particular one you know it will be there for you and you can read listen to it isolated from the other ones okay i'm also trying to do it for the other podcast but i you know i've not gotten around to doing it but i eventually will okay so um this um I, I got like you all know if you've not heard um help me speak about my life before you can um find me on um youtube um um living and loving with mabel i share most of my experiences there um and i share so many other things there go there avail yourself of it you can also check me out on facebook it's called noble women ministries there's so many um videos that i've placed there on different things that god lays in my heart and as god lays it in my heart i just bring it out i find time to sit down and you know um allow the holy spirit to 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 expand it in my mind and in my heart um, and 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 of course scriptures come as i as as i allow the holy spirit to do his work and then i now get to the point where i know that it's time to 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 speak out so 
I got married at the age of 19. No, I got pregnant at the age of 19. And between the age of 19 and 20, I got married. And then I had my first child at the age of 20. Um, I was a very um, young person, um, very inexperienced. But in the eyes of people, I looked very matured and all that. And I'd always wanted to have a home because I, I, I didn't come from a very well-parented family. So I really wanted to have a home where I could feel secure and have my own children that I could, I could train properly and, 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 you know, bring them up well and love them the way that I, would, I wanted to be loved. And so when I got pregnant at the age of 19, um, I told myself that if ever I ever get pregnant, that I would never, I wouldn't take it away because I've never had an abortion. So I told myself that the first child or the first pregnancy I ever have, I'm going to keep it. And so at the age of 19, I found out I was pregnant and I decided that I was going to keep it. And of course, you know, got married to the person that I was pregnant for and, you know, continued life learning you know at this point i want to say for people that are um if you get pregnant and you feel that getting married because you're pregnant it's not the right decision to make it's not the right decision um i did um some videos on on the right reasons to get married on my on the youtube on my youtube channel so just go there and avail yourself but one of the wrong reasons to ever want to get married is because you feel you're pregnant no you you shouldn't get married because it's not the right reason you see you must your found the foundation of anything must be based on the principles of god's word and if it's not you have to leave the situation be and allow time enough for you to um, see God's face concerning whatever it is that you're going to going, going into. Even if it was a mistake and an happenstance or a circumstance you find yourself, leave the situation be and see God's face. There's no hurry. There's no gun pointed at your head. Leave the situation be. God is in that situation at that time and he knows what you're going through. Leave the situation be and find time to commune with him and seek his face concerning it. So, um, like you might have known from my podcast or if you follow me on Instagram and all that, I've been following God for the past 30 years. I gave my life when I was in secondary school. A very dear friend of mine, uh, Mildred Kingsley Okonkwo, led me to Christ. And after ever since then, you know, I had been following God with the whole of my heart. And I believe now so greatly that God knew that it was that at that time was the right time because he knew that I was going to go through circumstances and he needed me to be buried in him, to be able to go through the things that I have been through in my life. And so I started following God at a very early age. And at a very early age, after I gave my life to Christ, I used to be a Catholic. And then I moved from being a Catholic to Protestant in, in, in school. And I started following God, you know, vividly. I even started going to church when I get, got back from school. The church I was going to, Fountain of Life Church, then I went. I was the first person in my family to, start, to find the church. And then I started serving 
in church in the worship team then under um late pastor bimbo duka bless her soul i'm sure it's my mother in the lord and i started following god very early i I gave my heart to god and i started loving him i didn't understand everything about god because i was still learning but i just knew that i my heart was totally wrapped up in god's in god and i just wanted to be there because i felt safe because I, I I was born into a family where I didn't feel safe. So I, my heart yearned for safety, for security. And I found it in God. And so I just decided that was where I was going to be. And, you know, don't get me wrong. Loving God and following God doesn't mean that you're not going to make errors and make mistakes. You're going to make errors and make mistakes. And of course, one of the mistakes I made was getting married to an unbeliever. Um... And, but I knew that even in my mistake, God was there. He was there with me. Because of the things that I went through, God didn't allow me to be consumed. I did, I, God did not allow me to perish even in my sin because I'd found him early. So I got married to this person, you know, because I felt that that was the right thing to do. Even after I knew that it wasn't. Um, and even after I got an offer from late pastor bimbo duke then asking me to move in with her and she would take care of the child so that i can think of the my next step of what i really wanted to do in my life because at that point i hadn't even gone to university yet um, because my father couldn't afford it you know but i just felt that you know this person was offering me a life that i've always wanted a secure home a husband and a wife you know then i thought that was what i thought it was and i decided you know what i was going to take the risk and just get married to him and so I did. And, um, you know, we started living our lives then. Of course, marriage is difficult. Marriage is difficult. Like I said, it is even blessed doing marriage dif- marriage with someone who knows God than with someone who doesn't know God. Marriage is difficult. And you must be with the right person to be able to go through it. It must be with the right person. It must be with the person God has chosen for you. Because both of you must have the same values. You must have the same morals. You must be going in for the same things. You must love both love God with the whole of your heart. It is very hefty to do marriage with one person who doesn't know God. It is very hefty. The burden is too much. So, I um, had my first child at the age of 20. And then... In, in in the middle of it, when I was about to have my second child, my first child fell ill. She fell really, really ill. And um, I was pregnant for the second child, and I was also ill too. Um, I had malaria and typhoid. At some point, I even thought that I would, the second child was even going to, probably not going to make it because... At some point, I couldn't even feel the baby move. And I was taken to the hospital and admitted. And the doctors couldn't find the fatal heartbeat. And they were like, oh, if after two weeks, they still can't find a fatal heartbeat, they'll have to operate and get the baby out. And I was, you know, burdened with that. And then my daughter was ill. They said she had... I first took her to the hospital and they said she had... Um, the first hospital actually told me the right thing. They said she had pneumonia. But it was so far, it was such a distance from where I was living at that time. I couldn't go all the way there, always. So 
I now went to another hospital that was close by to where I was living and it said she had malaria. So they were treating her for malaria and all that. And I eventually had my second child and, you know, came home. Then I remember the day I came home, I was so tired and, you know, really drained. But then I noticed that she wasn't responsive she wasn't responsive i had a dear sister from church come to visit me that day and she said have you noticed that when we call her she's not looking at us i said really you know so i called her name and i noticed that she wasn't looking at me her eyes were just stationary stationed and i said god what's going on what's going on so i you know left the matter there and because i was just i was tired i just gave birth and i was fatigued i was really drained so when my husband came my late husband came i told him about it you know and we you know like called her and all that and we noticed that she was not responsive so we rushed her to the hospital and we told the doctors everything that we noticed and you know they told us uh, it was very late it was like 11 or that there was been, there was nothing they could do about it they had to refer us to loot and all that and i told them i'm not going to loot for me loot was like loot is like a like a general hospital back home in nigeria and I was like, God forbid, I'm not taking her to loot. That loot means it, that I'm signing her death warrant. That no, we're not going to loot. That whatever it is that you have to do, you have to do it here. So they said, okay, they will start treatments, but they're not guaranteeing us any changes. Um, that she has what they call cherubism in medical terms. That the infection had got into her brain. They were trying very hard not to really tell us what the issue was, you know, and all that, that it would take a miracle. So eventually I, they admitted her in the hospital and I was there with her. They had to give me like a cot for my newborn baby because he was just like one week old. And so I laid down there and that was when doctors told us that, that she's actually gone blind, that she's actually gone blind. You know, but that they were going to see what they can do. So they, um, that they would have to pass, do an intravenous um, treatment and pass the drip through her um, head to get, you know, through the vein to like walk faster or through her back or whatever, you know. And I said, do whatever it is you can, you have to do. But I'm not going to lose tonight. We're going to remain here. Whatever God wants to do, he's going to do you know i kept on trying to call her and i could see that she was not seen that was when i dawned on me that she was actually not responsive with her eyes she wasn't seen and i told god one thing i was so exhausted i was so exhausted i was so exhausted you know the bible talks about us it says this thing it says god will not give you more than you can handle there's a scripture there you know that's how i usually say scriptures god 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 told me some time ago that he has impressed his word in my spirit i didn't know what it meant but now i know because most times when i'm faced with situations his 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 word comes from my inside and so when those words come they can come in like maybe two or three phrases or three words i just go and search it and then i say that it's actually in the bible and 
you know, so search the scripture. It says, God will not give you more than you can handle. And I remember that scripture and I said, God, I can't handle this. I can't handle having a child and having a blind child. I can't. Not even in this country that I am in. I was in Nigeria then. I can't. I'm not even old enough to be able to handle these challenges. And so God, this is what we're going to do. I would accept the fact that I would accept if I wake up the next morning and she's dead. I would accept it. It will hurt me. I will cry. I will grieve. But I will heal faster than if you give me the burden of having a blind child to cope with for the rest of my life. I can't do it, God. You know what I can do. You know what I can do. This one, I'm telling you, I cannot. And I said, just take her home. Because I was so exhausted. I said, just take her home. And I would accept that that's what you decided to do. So I remember after praying, I'd, before then I'd called my pastor. We had prayed. He was there with me all through the night and all that. And so immediately I finished praying that prayer, I just went to sleep. I just slept because I was so drained. And in the morning I woke up. I had not, I could, I had not even woke up in the morning. I just felt someone tap me in the morning. That's when I realized it was morning. And it was my daughter calling me, mommy, mommy. And then I got up and I said, can you see me? Can you see me? She said, yes. I said, what am I wearing? She told me the color. I screamed the whole hospital down. The nurses, everybody ran in. You know, it was then the doctor started telling us that she had, she was blind. At the time we brought her in, she had gone blind. She was not seen. And he was so scared to tell me. He couldn't tell me anything because he knew how tired I was from giving birth and all that. That she was blind. And they just thought, they just already knew that it was a useless case. But that, you know, because I was persistent on not going to lose. And that whatever God wants to do, he will do it in this hospital. They decided to just do what, you know, medically best possible. And that was when they, you know, put the antibiotics drip and everything. But that this is clearly a miracle. Because even when they put that drip, they just said, let them just administer a treatment. That this is clearly a miracle. That's when the doctor started telling me, it is clearly a miracle. I was in awe of God that day. I was in awe of God. I, I couldn't even believe it. I couldn't believe it. Today she's grown. Today she's 25. She sees. She can see. She's a confident, wonderful, beautiful woman. And I'm so thankful to God. That he honored his word in my life. And didn't give me a burden. That he knew that I, it was too much for me to carry. And I want to encourage you listening. God knows every, He knows you. He knows your in and out. He knows all that you're going through. One thing I want, to, want you to first understand is never run away from God. Never run away out of shame. So you might be listening to this podcast and you might maybe be in my shoes as a young mother then who felt you know that you've done something of shame. And you're running away from God. What is that? Maybe you were even a believer. But you took a step that didn't honor God. 
don't run away from God. He's there in that situation. He was there with me even when I took that, you know, made that mistake. He didn't leave me. The devil wants you to, he wants you to feel like God has abandoned you when you sin. Yes, God, the scripture says that his eyes will not behold iniquity. It doesn't mean that he has abandoned you. You have to boldly go before the throne of grace and ask for mercy when you need it. Because he has given you that power, that grace. Once you come boldly, that's it. You're back into, you're back in, in, into your love relationship with God. You have to be confident and you have to know this for a fact. The devil will come at you and try to guilt trip you into abandoning God and running away in shame. But do not fall for it. Do not. It is the enemy bringing shame. The Bible makes us understand that God is the one who give good, give, gives good gifts to his children. Shame is not a gift, good gift. It is the devil that brings shame. And if you allow that shame to come in, then it cuts you away from God. God is constantly there because he's constant. You are the one that moves away from God. So I'm telling you, whatever situation you find yourself in, and you felt that, oh, you've taken an, a, a, you know, a, a sinful step away from God, go back to God. He's there waiting for you. He wants to take, he wants to be with you when you go through it. This is not saying that you will not go through the repercussions of whatever mistake you made. Yes, you will go through the repercussions. But what he's saying is that he will be with you. The Bible says in Isaiah, I think it's Isaiah, it says, when you go, Isaiah, when you go through the waters, I'll be there. When you go through the fire, I will be there. I am your God, your personal God. God is constant. He's telling you that I am constantly there with you. Regardless of whatever it is you go through. Regardless of whatever it is that you think you might have done. There is no sin that God hasn't seen. There's nothing that he doesn't know about. So he already knows you were going to do this. So he's constantly there trying to make a way of escape for you. What the devil does is that the devil now comes and puts a a garment of shame over you and then then you blocks you from seeing God standing there with you. And then just look at at it and it says that you're with your dad and you've done something wrong that you know that has disappointed your dad. But your dad is still standing there with you, with his arms stretched out. Now the devil now comes and covers you with a cloth, blinds you, and then you start to take your, take, um, you start to try to see through that garment, but it's impossible. And then you start to move in other directions other than just standing there with God. That's what happens. God is right there. He never moves from that, the position you last were with him. So regardless of whatever mistake, do not fall prey to the lies of the enemy that God has abandoned you. He hasn't. Stay right there. He's your, he's, he's your ride or die. Come boldly before him. He knows you've made a mistake, but he wants to give you a way of escape. So stand right there with him and he will show you what to do. So that's the first thing I want to encourage you. Do not. Do not. I know that when I made the mistake that I made, Yes, I went a bit far from God because I felt that, oh, I had offended God. But then I understood this and I went back, asked for mercy. And then God started showing me what to do, what to do. He started growing me in my relationship with him. And as I started growing in my relationship with Christ, I started understanding some things. I started understanding some things. Yes, I made so many other mistakes and all that, you know, but... Do not, 
foreplay. Another thing I want you to know is that the enemy wants you to be lonely. He is lonely. So he wants you to be lonely. He wants you to be lonely. I had to learn this because it can be a lonely road when you are faced with trials. The devil is lonely and he wants you to believe that you are you are too. So he puts shame on you to try to disconnect you from people who will encourage you in your work with God. So do not go back to God. He's your father. He loves you. He loves you. Most of us who came from a family or from a home where we didn't have like a good loving relationship with our fathers you will it's very difficult for you to understand this father and daughter relationship with god or father and son relationship with god it's very difficult because you know god made god the way god planned it is that the kind of relationship we have with him he puts it in a replica with our fathers here on earth so we 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 they mirror the kind of relationship he has with us or or he desires to have with us. So if we have a good, fantastic relationship with our fathers here on earth, it reflects in the relationship that we have with God. But when the relationship we have with our fathers here on earth is, is distorted, it affects the relationship we have with God because we can't understand it. We can't understand that love. We can't receive it. And so it's important that we make sure that we're communing with God constantly and communing with the Holy Spirit. And one of your prayers is that, Father, show me. Show me what it is to have a father. Show me what it is to have a father in you. And you honor that prayer because the Holy Spirit starts to mature your heart. And it starts to open different dimensions of who God is to you. And you start to see him and understand how a father-daughter or father-son relationship is supposed to be. It's so sad that, you know, a lot of fathers have disappointed God. It's, it's sad. But we don't dwell there. We continue to pursue after him because he's the only one who can show us because he's our father. And so I'm in that I'm in that period with God where I am learning what it is to have a father. What it is to have a father because I never really had a loving relationship with my father. I never did. And so it affected my relationship with God. And then I started seeing how healthy people that had relationship with their father relate with God. And I, I started longing for that. I want to be able to have a conversation with God, not a, a conversation like I'm speaking to my dad. I didn't understand it. But then, because I felt, oh, God was someone that you had to revere, you had to fear. Yes. But then, if that's all you know about God, then you never had a healthy relationship with your dad. God is someone who you can talk to. He's someone who you can be vulnerable with. You can tell him everything because he already knows it. But he wants you to be confident in his presence because you are his child he wants you to be confident ever before him and that's why he says you should come boldly to him and that's why he sent his son to die so that you can have access to him 
And so if you're hearing this podcast and, and you really want to have a relationship with God, I'll pray this prayer with you. I'll pray with you. And I believe that as you listen to this podcast and you take the points away from this, you determine your heart that you want to love God. You want to you want to find God, the Father, the fatherhood in God, the fatherness in God. And He will start to show you. He will start to show you. So these are the things I learned from this testimony. It was it was a miracle that God did for me. It was a big miracle. I never forget. Every time I see my daughter today, I remember that I could have had a blind child. But I'm grateful to God that he honored my prayer because he knew who I was. He knew my makeup and he knew that I would not be able to handle it. There's so many other people that are handling it because he knows that they can handle it, but I couldn't. And I prayed that prayer. I said, you either take her, just I give you permission to take her away because I can't handle it. And God did a miracle. And today she's whole, she's seen, and I give him the glory. And so this is supposed to increase your faith because the Bible says that faith cometh from hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so I believe that whatever it is that you're trusting God for, you take the basic principles of this testimony and you will run with it. And you will have dogged faith in God because he will come through for you. So if you're listening and you want a, a father daughter relationship or father son relationship with God I'll pray with you and I believe that after this the Holy Spirit will start to give you that burden in your heart to constantly be before God he would put the kind of prayers that you should pray in your mouth to God that will enact and that will bring a ripple effect of, of a relationship that will be lasting with God and so father we thank you I thank you for the opportunity, first and foremost, to be able to speak. I thank you for the opportunity to be able to know you as a father and knowing you more and more each day as a father. I thank you for the testimonies that you and the experiences that you have had through you. And I'm grateful, Father, Lord of God. And I present my brother, I present my sister before you because they are your children. And the desire in their hearts, just like me, to have a father relationship with you. And so, Father, I ask, oh God, that just as you did it for me, do it this miracle for them, oh God. Draw them close to you, Father. Put in them, oh Father, that longing and that hunger to constantly be before you, oh God. And I ask, Spirit of God, that as they do this, you would lead them in the kind of prayers and the kind of desires in their hearts that will be pure before God so that they can see him. I thank you, Father. I ask that even as they draw close to you, that you continue to shed everything, every weight that easily besets them. And that as they approach your light, Father, Lord, oh God, they will start to see you. Thank you, Father. I bless your name. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Okay, guys. Thank you so much for listening. I pray this blesses you. Um, and also, please look forward to the next podcast in this series. This series is titled Miracles and Spiritual Encounters with God. Okay? God bless you. Take care. In Jesus' name.